This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 58. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, branding communications strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that inspires you to reach your full potential. Are you looking for a way to build your profile so you can grow your business or your career, but you just don't know where to start? Or maybe you wonder what real value you have to offer other people so your message remains unwritten, unheard and unable to impact the lives of people who may just be experiencing the exact same thing that you've gone through. Well, my guest today is Bev Ryan and Bev is a publisher and specializes in working with business and professional women who want to publish to raise their profile so they can grow their career or their business. And Bev provides book coaching and publishing services to self-publishing authors of non-fiction. And she's also recently launched the digital version of Honestly Women or Woman magazine. And on today's show, Bev's going to share how to understand your value to others and learn how to articulate that to the world, why it's important to regard yourself as an enterprise, whether you're an employee, a consultant or business owner, as well as how to master the art of raising your profile so you can spread your voice, your visibility and your value. So welcome to the show, Bev. Hi, Anne-Marie. Great to be here. <laughs> oh, look, I think what you're sharing today is something that many women um, will really appreciate because we were sharing before we uh, pressed record that there are so many women who really don't appreciate the incredible value and wisdom and insights that they've learned through their career, through their lives. And when they don't see that, it remains, as I said in the introduction, unwritten and unheard. And you as a publisher, you've worked with many people who have now launched their books. And these messages are getting into the hands of people who they've really supported and really changed their lives. So really appreciate you coming coming on the show. Let's talk about it. How can we start to understand our value that we offer to others so that we can then begin to articulate that message to the world? So in, in my um, various career roles, I actually have a little bit of time each week doing career coaching as well. So I have a, a publishing background and a career coaching background, and they do actually blend together really well. And I guess what I do with people in, as a career coach is pretty much what I do with people who want to publish a book. It's really drilling down to what they have to offer the world, which is their value in the marketplace, I suppose. Mm. And what I ask people to do is to just see that everything they have experienced in their life is of value in some shape or form. And I sort of use the analogy of a midden. Uh, a midden is sort of a, a rubbish dump. Uh, ancient cultures can be understood through archaeologists digging through their middens or their, or their rubbish heaps. And mm. um, I think a lot of times we 
think that things that are happening in our lives that we don't particularly or aren't particularly proud of may not uh, have value to the world, but they actually do because that's sort of some of the messes that we've lived through and survived actually add huge value to other people who go through something similar. So um, I guess it's pretty much an analysis of the value that you're standing on, which is your, your midden of things that you've accumulated through your life, which is obviously your work experiences. That's what we all think of first, but it's more than that. It's the people that we've dealt with and communicated with. It's it's the skills that we have acquired through practice. It's just their natural talents. You know, mm. we've all got natural talents of some shape or form, and we really need to find out what they are if we're not sure of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's you know the things we used to do when we were a kid, which was just something we used to love to do. I know in my case, I remember very clearly teaching my dolls and making them making books for them. And you know, here I am <laughs> yeah. now at this age sort of teaching or educating in some shape or form and helping people make books yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny you know it's so um, interesting well, you should say that let me just dive in because there well, are so many golden nuggets in the experiences that we've had even looking back right into our childhood when at that stage we had not yet gone to you know the inner critic and all of the you know the, mm. the voices that are not very helpful and the fact that you were saying through your play and what you enjoyed doing as a child very much you could see mapped across I'm sure right the way throughout uh, your life and and now, of course, you're you're offering that. So to someone who may be at the point where she's thinking, you know what, I do believe that I have some value, but there are so many different elements. Is there any way that someone can start to look at it and see like a theme being developed so that they can join the dots to, to really establish like a, a cohesive story? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think when you get to the point then of sort of understanding yourself better, it's yeah. then understanding well who needs what I've got and that that's the the path you need to sort of play around with well I've got these number of you know, I've got a number of things I can do um, the the childhood play is important because that tells you what you're happy at yeah. and it's really important I think whatever choice we make going forward we've got to have fun with it we've got to enjoy it so you need to understand in what situation you're happy but then it's like two jigsaw puzzles or more than two, I suppose. You've got to plug that into the other end, which is, well, who needs what I've got? So who needs my skills or my value in the marketplace as an employee or who needs what I can do for them as a business owner or a service provider? So, you know, that's then looking at the other side of the coin and, and your value lies in what you bring to that table. Mm. Your value lies in what you can do for them um, so as a career coach, that's really what I get, uh, you know, try to work, get people to understand and, and to start using that terminology. So it's one thing to say, well, I'm really good at this, but the, the next step is to say, well, look, I'm really good at this. So what that means to you is that I'll come to you and I'll help you do things better. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole sentence. But often people just stop at that first bit. Yeah. Or they launch into something and they do create maybe whether it's a book or a product or a service offering. And unfortunately, no one really shows any interest. So that second part mm-hmm. of recognising and going and doing some research. You know, I don't know if you hear a lot of feedback. I'm sure you do in, in that that is something that many people struggle 
struggle with is how do I go out and how do I start to, well, articulate that in a way, but before that even uh, do some research to find out is there a real need out there? Are there any kind of insights that you can share to help people start that process of research and observing to see whether there really is a need? People who know Google much better than I do would say to go on to Google and see what people are searching for. Mm. Now that's a whole, whole new conversation, and you may, you know, you find somebody who's got that expertise. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, that's an easy way. You know, there is a device on Google, and I really, honestly, don't know what it's called. But you can go in there and just type in some keywords, and you can see how many people are searching for those keywords. So that's a way you can do it safely at home on your computer without talking to a real live person. Yeah. Um, the other option, which is, I guess, the other extreme, is to sort of identify who you actually feel like you'd like to work with. Now, in my case, I really enjoy working with, I suppose, mature women because that's, you know, I'm, I'm one of those and I do understand them. So one, one way to find out what they want would be to get a whole bunch of them in a room and ask them. And so that's the other extreme, face-to-face, and there's nothing... There's nothing better than face-to-face mm. communication. So, you know, you can just put on what what's called a forum meeting or a brainstorming session or something that an author called Barbara Sher does. She she talks about ideas parties. Now, I've actually run ideas parties, and what you do is you get a whole bunch of really positive people in a room, give them something to eat, maybe a glass of wine, and you stand up and say, look, I'm really I'm thinking about doing this thing. This is what it is, but I'm not sure what to do next. I'm not sure who might need it. And you get this room full of people just brainstorming you with great ideas. So, you know, the, and you can go somewhere in the middle of those two extremes and maybe do use mm-hmm. Survey Monkey, do a written survey. Yeah. Um, that idea that you've just shared is brilliant and, you know, getting people together in a room. And I can't remember where I read this or whether where I heard this, but you know how you have those um, market research companies and they used to invite a number of key people, ask them some questions, maybe give them some, you know, the product or what have you. And it was interesting that a study was done around women and the best environment in which to garner and, and encourage the information that a lot of these market research companies really want and it was creating the environment that you just described. It was friendly, mm-hmm. it was collaborative, it was here's something to, to eat, maybe to have a drink, and just posing some real key open-ended questions and mm. allowing the conversation to just continue to evolve. Because it's in those often the the comments that your ideal client, or in this case these women who are, you know, potentially the people that you want to support, it's it's the, the story behind the story, the why, and some of those key words and phrases that they say quite naturally that are mm. absolute gold, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and if, so if, if you're somebody that wants that information but you don't feel competent to lead that sort of group or get somebody to do it for you, yeah. somebody who is a trainer or a facilitator yeah. because you need to dig deeper than that surface level of, oh yeah, I think I'd like that. You dig a bit, mm. you need someone who's comfortable to dig deeper and ask deeper questions to kind of dig a bit deeper to the pain that yeah. somebody's experiencing and that's where the gold is. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. And I think, um, you know, we can go and search on Google. I mean, I love Google and being an an introvert myself, if it means that I don't have to actually go out sometimes and talk to people. But you know what? There is nothing better than to go out and to speak to people. And and, and as you said, if if someone tends to be a little bit hesitant, bring someone on board, have someone there alongside you who perhaps can then direct that conversation Mm. that you can become Mm. part of as well. Great. And of course, with all that information you're gathering, that is really 
really giving you the key skills so that you can learn how to articulate that to the world mm. or to your ideal client, uh, ideal uh, person that you really want to, to support. Is there yeah. anything else you want to mention on, on that um, area? Well, I just wanted to um, say I really support the whole philosophy of a portfolio career or the fact that we do have to have multiple income streams. I mean, if you work for somebody as an employee, obviously, you know, that, that your income is coming from one source, but even within that context, the more groups of skills you can bring to a table or to a, a conversation with somebody who owns a business and say, look, you know, I actually can do this, which is what you need, but I can also do this other little bit of stuff which you may have a need for in your business. So suddenly you become much more desirable because you've yeah. got a portfolio of skills. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we're trying to establish at this point is, is what is my portfolio of skills and who needs who needs that who's, and who's willing to pay for it. That's the other critical bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think whatever conversation we end up having, whether it was a group of potential clients and people that we want to serve through our message, or as you say, whether it is uh, an organisation that we approach, uh, it is important that we recognise what is it, the skills, the expertise, the insights that mm -hmm. we can share, and to be able to communicate it in a way that they can see that there's real mm -hmm. value because there is a challenge, there is an issue, there is a need yep. that they have. So really, yeah, and it's yep. great, isn't it, particularly for people who are perhaps transitioning from full-time employment to employment, uh, bigger pardon, self-employment, so you know, having their mm -hmm. own business, to have a number of key, as you said, portfolio career and so just for people who have not heard of the term portfolio career do you want to just define it so everyone's on the same page sure it, it really does just mean that you have two maybe two or three different streams of income coming into you and some people you might have they may just for example some people may have a sort of finger in a multi-level marketing business as, as a, a side business but at the same time they may be providing uh, virtual assistant work to business owners or or whatever. So, like in my case, I do a little bit of career consulting where I just go to so you look after clients. Somebody else is marketing that business. I just turn up and deliver the services. Then I've got my publishing service business where I help people publish books. And now I've just started my digital magazine, which I mm. hope will also evolve into a money earning source for me as well. Yeah. And what I really love about this, and I want to point this out to, to everyone, Bev, is that each of those key areas that you just mentioned in, in your portfolio harnesses and leverages the similar skills, don't they? I mean, mm. about helping people understand their value. You do that within mm. the career industry. You also do that within your publishing, uh, you know, your book coaching and so forth because you're mm -hmm. helping these women um, understand their value and being able to articulate that into their book. And, of course, now with the digital magazine, I mean, that's just your background and expertise anyway. And it is all mm. about you know, putting together an inspiring message. So when you're able to recognise and you have your value and then be able to showcase that and, and leverage it across a portfolio of uh, various income streams, it all works together. Mm. Yeah. In my 40s, I developed these two interests. One was self-publishing and I started a, pub, a magazine but I, and that came out of a career crisis of my own. And because of that career crisis and, and finding a solution to it, I really developed an interest in career coaching mm -hmm. because I saw how important it was. So those two threads have just continued since since my mid-40s. And there was a time where I thought, well, how on earth can I, how on earth can I bring these together? And then I sort of realised, well, what's underpinning them or um, is the umbrella over the top, which is what you just articulated, yes. is that 
passion for helping people just find find their own path, whether that's as an employee or as, or as a business owner, mm-hmm. and articulate that. And interestingly, as a child, I was very quiet, and I just remember being called the shy girl. So I guess now I'm helping people find their voice, which is kind of interesting. Yes. Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is. And you know what I think is really exciting about this? And we are in an environment, so whether we're thinking about businesses or whether we are thinking about people in their careers, so employment, it is constantly changing. We need to be innovative. We need to be able to change, you know, and almost um, become very entrepreneurial, like problem solving. What can we do next? What can we learn? What can we, what needs to change? And so what you're saying in this is that, you know, if we find ourselves at a crossroads, and for you, it was almost like a forced decision because obviously something needed mm-hmm. to change. But if we look at it and, and start to embrace it as being, okay, what's the next steps that in my career and look at it as there's so many different possibilities it's just being mm. able to narrow them down and making sure that um, we are leveraging our skills because as you know I'm a former career coach as well and when we yes. understand our values when we understand mm. our skills and everything mm. that we've spoken about today then no matter what we do we're really going to enjoy it and it is going to be fulfilling and meaningful mm. to us oh, definitely. So, so let's talk about the next point because I think it really expands on uh, what we've already been talking about that it is really important to regard ourselves as an enterprise. So whether we are an employee, whether we're a consultant or whether we're a business owner, why is this so important? It's really just taking, uh, to me it just seems like you take responsibility for your own life. I sort of had this mental picture of people, for example, who are looking for a job and all they do is go into Seek in the morning and they look for what's on the screen on Seek and oh, there's nothing there that I can apply for. So and they spend the rest of the day looking mm. for TV, watching TV. To me, that's it's like standing in a queue and waiting for someone to bring life to you. Um, enterprising is, is you know, the definition of the word enterprising is a bold initiative. So you have to take bold initiative to make things happen for yourself. And you have to be a bold initiative. So that's I just love that word, enterprise. Yes. And um, as an employee, you have to get off the couch and you have to go and find jobs. You have to... Uh, look what's happening in your local marketplace, look at what's happening in the local businesses, read the local paper. If there's a new business opening, go down and have a coffee with the manager and say, look, I understand the pain of opening a new business and the risks you're taking and look, I've got these skills and I I could help you do this or this or this. So Mm -hmm. that's an enterprising mindset. Yeah, and I think that just uh, really emphasises what we were talking about in the first discussion that we had, and that we really do need to take control. And I remember having a conversation just recently with someone on Facebook, and she was talking about you know her daughters and and children ha- having opportunities that businesses were creating for them and things like that. And I said, you know what, we could really reframe that and say exactly what you said. What opportunities can she see and start to create for herself? So rather than being reactive and, as you said, waiting, what about being proactive? Because there are many businesses and companies out there and clients, potential clients, that do have a need, that do have a challenge. And if we've recognised that we have the skill, the expertise and the wisdom to be able to support them and we are able to have that conversation because we've learned how to articulate that in a real compelling way, why wouldn't they want to speak to us and say, hey, can you come and contract for us? You know, oh, or, definitely. Or Look, it's all about understanding someone else's pain. It's whether you're selling your services as a business owner or you're selling your services as an employee. Mm. You need to understand their pain, the employer's pain. Now, if you've never been an employer, 
you probably think they go home every Friday with lots of money in the bank. Well, they don't. No. <laughs> Their employees get paid first. And I've been in this situation years ago. You go home on the weekend and you have to sometimes struggle to feed your family. So that's mm-hmm. the pain of being a business owner. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're looking for a job and you've never been a business owner, go out and do some market research and talk to some business owners and ask them, what would you love to see someone come to you to provide as an employee? Look, you'll, you'll just, nobody seems to ever do that. Go talk to them and ask them questions mm-hmm. and find out what their pain is and then go home and think, okay, well, I could provide this little package of skills to someone with that pain and go, that's how you talk to them. Say, look, I understand your pain, your risk factors. I really feel like I can help you. Um, again, as a business owner or as an employee, that's mm. how you need to think. Let's talk a little bit then about how to master the art of raising our profile so that we can mm. continue to spread the, our voice, our visibility, and of course, increase uh, our value. Well, my, I just love the fact that we have LinkedIn now. So with my career coaching clients, that's where you know, obviously we start, we do a resume, but I even start, I start them with LinkedIn before I get to the resume. Now, what I love about LinkedIn is there's a section in there called a summary section. Mm-hmm. And if you look at people's profiles, not everybody even uses that summary section. It's got room for a really great pitch. Now, a pitch is a way, you know, is what, is what you, the words you use to deliver or sell yourself. And again, as an employee or as a business owner, um, I recently completed a, I'm a graduate of the program called Key Person of Influence, which I'm really um, thrilled that I did. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing they taught us in that program is how to articulate our pitch. And it's it, that's exactly what people need to be able to do. It's who we are, what we do, so that people understand that, and then what our skills are, but more importantly, what problems we can solve for a business owner or for our clients. So that little summary section in LinkedIn is my starting point every time with clients. Let's write your pitch for that summary section. Mm. And the process around writing that pitch is really, it just brings people huge clarity and they are forced to think about well, what are the problems out there in the business that I see happening all the time and what skills do I bring to the table and what solutions do I provide? And it's just that's my starting point. So that's what I would suggest as, as step one for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Because it really starts the conversation off, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are showing to our perspective, whether it be an employer or a prospective client, that we understand their needs. And guess what? We can support mm-hmm. them. And that really yeah. opens the door to uh, having further conversations. Yeah. So that was step one. Are there any other mm-hmm. steps that you highly recommend? Oh, to raise your profile. Well, the other thing I love about LinkedIn, so I'm just going to sort of start with LinkedIn because yeah. it, it, it's all these things you can do in there as a starting point before you kind of branch out into the bigger space. But mm-hmm. but, but interestingly, LinkedIn has got like millions of people coming into that into that um, platform. So why wouldn't you do it in Absolutely. there? You know, if you set up a website, which is something I can talk about, you've got to pull people into your, that website, but whereas LinkedIn's got the traffic. So... That's why I feel it's a great place to start. Now, the other thing that's available on LinkedIn is a publishing service or a posting or blogging or whatever you want to call it. LinkedIn has now, just within the last few weeks, reinvented the way it looks, I suppose. They now call are called articles, which is great because that's what the function is. They used to be called posts. Um, within LinkedIn, you can start to write short articles, which 
will uh, showcase your expertise, I suppose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's another great, easy place to start with raising your profile. Um, articles have a format. If you're not sure how to write an article, you just go to Google how to write a good article. Um, so, and, but then, you know, in order to do that, you need to kind of sit down and do a bit of planning and think, well, what, what do I want to be seen as an expert in, or not necessarily an expert, but you know, what do I want to be seen to know about, or what solutions do I want to be seen to bring to people, or whatever. So, yeah, LinkedIn's a, a really safe starting starting spot for people who want to, to work on their profile. Mm. The good thing about that, of course, is as you said, there are millions, millions of people, and not just. Uh, located here in Australia but from all over the world mm. so the fact that they're regularly going back to that platform you're absolutely right why would you not put an article uh, and mm. certainly work on your summary and have that as a real strong um, introduction because of the mm. fact that if someone is searching and you've got we mentioned keywords and we know that the phrases that they're going to be looking for and the challenges that they're struggling with that then if it's in an article form and you give some tips on on how to start to address that that really is going to speak to them and again open the door to them wanting to reach out to have a further discussion mm. with you and I'm sure that that just continues to be a, an article or some piece of content that is going to work for you 24 7 365 mm. yeah. days of the year that's what you find but it's it's also uh, I mean it's a space where you have to be interactive and you have mm. to get in there and, and make things happen again. So it's again it's that enterprising mindset. You have to get into LinkedIn and make the connections and um, comment on what other people do. It's not all about well here it's me me me. Mm -hmm. It's it's other people are putting so much time and effort into producing great content in there. So you respond to those people, thank them for their time, you maybe make a comment on things. So it's a very interactive platform. So it is a great place to uh, to be seen and to find find people that um, will lead to further communication and whatever. I mean, I've got you know, stories of people who've found their jobs through LinkedIn. I've got uh, stories of people who've moved to Australia because they were offered a job via LinkedIn from the UK. Wow. You know, it, it, it's, it works. You know, yeah. It's, yeah, and, I, and and what you've said is, is so important. Sure, you are, you may be putting your expertise by sharing articles, but it really is a platform where you can have conversations with people and a great place to start uh, is on, on commenting on what other people mm -hmm. are doing as well. Are there any sort of one or two things that we need to be aware of because we often fall uh, into a trap? So in other words, we could tarnish the relationships before we even start to nurture them. What do we need to be aware of that you see often happening which really shouldn't be happening on, on LinkedIn? Yeah, some of the things that sort of jump out is um, the homepage on LinkedIn starts to look a little bit like Facebook if people post their photos of lunch or, mm. or you know, the, but LinkedIn is actually interesting. There's a bit of a self-regulation going on there. Other people will comment and say, no, that's not really what we're looking for on LinkedIn. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, other thing that people I think are misusing is that that article function is actually meant for articles. I mean, I know some people I've noticed really just put in a sentence with a link to something else. And I think that's mm. not, no, that's not how it works. You need to actually put the article in LinkedIn. At the bottom, you can link off to your website if you want to, that's fine. Um, oh, what's the other one? Oh, another one that seems to gather a lot of criticism, and I've never done this and I don't like it too much either, is if somebody connects with me, which I'm really happy to do, um, then within a couple of days, or you get a really strong 
sales pitch, but then I think, well, it, it does, you know, if, if they are pitching to the right person, then it's obviously going to work. So, but some people aren't very happy with that happening. Mm. So, yeah, I know. I must say that I agree with that. I've had that. Mm. And there's some marketing companies that are actually teaching people as soon as you uh, do connect with someone, add their email to a, a an autoresponder series which is a follow-up sequence of emails and so mm -hmm. i have actually tracked people and I've, I've i can track them back to i know that you've gone to the same training because they haven't even bothered to change the title the the subject line or the mm. content in the actual email which as we know we don't add people to our autoresponders emails or newsletters no, without their express permission yeah <laughs> but some people are still doing it because they assume that because mm. you've connected with someone on linkedin that person now has given you permission to add you to their database or add them to the database mm -hmm. which is just absolute yeah. no no are there any other last insights that you want to share with people today Oh, about raising your profile. Well, that's really, I guess, what we just talked about is foundation. So mm -hmm. coming off that, then you've got your, your website is so critical. Buy your domain name in your own name if it's still available or find a, find a form of it. If you're like Bev Ryan, for example, if that wasn't available, I, well, I've got Bev Ryan published. Um, you know, find a shape or form of your domain name. Mm -hmm. Have a website, have some great photographs done, professional photographs, uh, content on your website, then start to become visible so um, develop maybe a couple of topics you can speak about offer to speak at events run your own events be the center of a little hub and start running your own events you know there's sort of layers and layers and layers that um, you, you sort of step at a time so do something you're comfortable with then step up step that up uh, being a podcast guest like this is a fantastic way to raise your profile and you can do that quite Gently, you might have a look for podcast owners who podcast around topics you are comfortable speaking about. Mm -hmm. You might offer yourself as a guest and maybe just do that once or twice. You don't have to have 100 organised. So, I mean, the world is just open. We have such a wonderful access to the resources to spread our message so easily. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, no we so, that's right. I was just thinking, um, I can't remember what I was talking about. I think um, someone was talking about, you know, what it used to be. I mean, when I started my business, which was like many decades ago, we didn't even have the internet. It was just starting out. Mobile phones were not really the thing. So when I got my first one, I thought, you know, I was the ants pants kind of thing. Mm. But then mm. like now social media and how we can connect and speak, really, it's like, oh, uh, we have no, you know, there are so many opportunities and probably the thing that we need to do is be very careful what we do so we don't stretch ourselves too thin and therefore, yes. <laughs> um, you know, overwhelm as well because as we know, when we get overwhelmed, we end up doing nothing. So, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. How can people get in contact with you? Well, my key point would be bevryanpublish.com. That would be the easiest thing. Fantastic. And, of course, you are on LinkedIn, I would imagine. So just I am on LinkedIn them. under yep. Bev Ryan. I'm on Facebook, Bev Ryan. So I'm easy to find. Fantastic. Yes. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show, Bev. Pleasure. Loved it. Thank you. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists 
who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host, or if you have an existing business-focused podcast, and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach, and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know that you have taken lots of notes and please do reach out to Bev, connect with her on LinkedIn so you can have a look at her profile and what she's doing and uh, you certainly need to implement that as well. If you have not already subscribed to our iTunes channel, then why not go ahead and do that? Every week we bring another inspired guest like we did today with Bev. For those of you who have, thank you so much. You are going to be the very first person to find out once we launch another show. The address to do that, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. Have a fabulous week, everyone. Uh, make it a great one. See you later, Bev. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.